Hey, welcome. Hey, welcome to uh, our YouTube channel. Um, I, I want to uh, encourage you guys, if you are on Facebook or Instagram, uh, go like Dream Chasers uh, Basketball Indie and Dream Chasers B-Ball on, um, on Instagram. Take a look at it. Uh, a lot of different content for kids. Uh, we got um, a lot of different materials for parents and kids uh, going forward. Um, like I said, we do uh, live uh, ball handling and, and different things for kids. Um, you know, right now, I know we're going through this time, this uh, pandemic, but uh, trying to keep our kids in shape and uh, give, them, give them a good outlet. So uh, check out Dream Chasers Basketball Indie Facebook. Like the page. Um, tell your friends about it. Also, if you like our podcast, um, like and subscribe. Uh, tell people to listen to it. We're going to have different, various different athletes and uh, different people on, um, you know, just going forward. Today we have on um, Ray Tolbert, um, former uh, Mr. Basketball, um, IU, uh, played under Bobby Nice Tutelage, um, won a NCAA championship, played in the NBA. Um, Ray is, um, he's from Anderson and, uh, we have him joining on today. Ray, how you doing? I'm doing good, Harvey. How are you, bro? I'm good, man. I'm good. So, um, I know a lot of people know who Ray Tobert is, man. What's your story? Grew up in Anderson. Tell us about it. <laughs> well, um, back in, way back in 1958, brother, I was born in Anderson, Indiana. I'm, I'm 61 years old. And uh, I grew up, you know, I didn't grow up with a silver spoon in my mouth. I, I kind of grew up poor. We lived on the west side of Anderson in a, a area called Hazelwood. And uh, I grew up on, uh, on, on, on humbleness. You know what I'm saying? Uh, we didn't have like the amenities like most people had on the east side. But uh, my mom and dad made the best of what we had. And I didn't consider myself poor. I considered myself blessed. And uh, we worked through some things. And uh, my you know, father worked, my mom worked, and my brother ended up, my brother was the best athlete in the, in the family. So he had to give up his sports to help make ends meet by working. And that allowed me to freelance to, to get myself together as far as playing sports. I ran track. I tried football. I got hit by the knee once. Then I quit. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I actually, uh, yeah, man. I, I, hey, once you get that knee hit, forget about it. But I, I decided to run track. I did cross country. I, I like baseball because my brother played baseball. But they put me out in the outfield. I was bored, man. So I told him I want to play first base or third base. I want to play what our action was, but they didn't want me to do that. So right. I just stuck with basketball. I grew when I was in the sixth grade. I was uh, six feet tall. And then uh, as, I, as I moved up the ladder in age, in grades, I grew from six feet to six feet nine by the time I was a senior in high school. So you know, it was a, it, I, I, I grew quick, man. And believe it or not, I always wanted to be tall. So I prayed about it. I said, Lord, just make me tall because my grandmother was only 4'11". Uh, my, my mom's mom was only like 5'3". Five four, but on my mom's side, my my grandfather was six four. I had two aunts that was five eleven and six feet one. My mother is like five ten, 
but my dad was only 5'10". His father was only like 5'6". So I said, look, I don't want to be short. No, <laughs> no negativity towards short people. I just want to be tall, you know, right. so I can right. excel and get my family out of poverty. So, right. you know, God right. blessed me in that area. And I, you know, played high school ball. I won a couple of regional sectionals, went to the semi-state. Uh, we lost that game against Fort Wayne South. I'm sorry, Fort Wayne North. They had a guy by the name of Frank Thomas, whose son eventually played for Pike, Chris Thomas, who won a state championship. So there's a lot of history in between when I played and other and the kids today or the kids you know in the 90s and 2000s. But um, I got a chance to. Uh, signed with Indiana University. A lot of people don't know this, but my first choice was Purdue. But you see that IU behind me, 45. I'm proud of that. Right. But I got on black. So what oh, does that right. do? <laughs> well, let, me, let, me stop you. let me stop you real quick. I, I, I want to dig into this thing. So when you were in high school, um, mm -hmm. um, did, was your impact player as like a freshman? Early on, absolutely. Or did you to pay your dues. What was that like? Yeah, that's a good question. Uh, actually, a true story. Um, when I played, well, my coach, high school coach at the time, Phil Buck, who's no longer with us, he didn't believe in playing young people, uh, or, or I should say, rookies at the time. Because as a freshman, you know, we we couldn't play varsity my freshman year, so I had okay. to excel from, from the eighth grade to the ninth grade. And by the time I was a sophomore, I had to earn my keep. And you know, we had some some pretty good athletes there. Our our front line was average of six eight. Chris Falker, mm. Jonathan Watson. We had Richard Nunn. Um, we had Steve Turner. Uh, there's a couple of Steve Turner. This Steve Turner is uh, he's Caucasian, but uh, he's a still a good friend of mine today. Um, we had guys like Mark Porter, Doug Bradford. Um, Harry Morgan's younger brother, David Morgan, played with me, Oliver Brooks. And uh, we had a pretty good team my sophomore year. We went to the semi-state. Of course, I think I said earlier, we got beat. But I had to pay my dues, man. And I'm going to tell you a true story. We, we beat the number one team in the state at the time. It was Muncie North. If you go back and watch the history of Muncie North, they had some bad boys on that right. team. Phil Eisenberger, who was a teammate of mine at IU. Sammy Drummer, people don't know the history about Sammy Drummer, was probably one of the best athletes. He reminds me, well, the guy that, that's playing now, Zion Williamson. Wow. This kid played just like Zion Williamson, but he's a right-hander. Right. He had a, This kid could jump out the gym, smooth, right. didn't show a lot of emotion, but he'll give you 30 in about three quarters. Right. <laughs> so uh, I got a chance to play against those guys, and uh, – and as I started excelling, right. uh, I had a teammate by the name of Kirk Marillion. And okay. Kirk went to my high school coach. He said, listen, even though Ray's a sophomore, you should start Ray. I right. didn't really care if I started or not, as long as I was in the game when it right. counted. Right. That's, all I, that's all that mattered to me. I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't worry about scoring. I didn't worry about percentages, rebounds, block shots. I just wanted to win. My right. focus was winning. And so – he, he made a great gesture. He went to the coach and said, you need to start Ray. I'll come off the bench. I didn't have no idea what was happening. But but to this day, 
I, I thank Kirk for that. And his brother, Kyle, and I are still good Facebook friends. Kirk passed away a few years ago. But right. uh, I, I really appreciate those things, the little things that made me who I am and where I am today because people made the gesture, uh, took the took the initiative to help me be a better player. So, yeah, man, so I, it, was, it was hard coming up. And uh, but I worked my way through it until my senior year. I was going to go to Anderson High School, mm-hmm. uh, which is our rival, our rivals, because I was in that district. But I was bust out to Madison Heights. I told my high school coach at the time I wanted to play for Anderson. He says, "No, you're not going to play for Anderson. If you do, I'll make sure you don't play your last year." Right. He right. couldn't do that, but I didn't know that because right. I just I didn't want to, you know, feel bad about letting my teammates down right. and becoming a, a, a sore name in the city. So right. I stayed with it. We only won like 13 games my senior year. Right. I was I was averaging a triple-double pretty much, but I was triple-teamed every time we played, man. And, really? and it was tough. You right. know, we had some pretty decent players, but not like we had my, my sophomore and junior years. Right, right. So, um, you know, it seems like you really just took the reins. Uh, yeah. I mean, you basically – you made yourself – um, what, how, what role did your parents play in that? Like, I, oh, you know, how, did they, how did they deal with stuff? Uh, obviously, like I said, you, you did it on your own, but what was it like? What, what did your parents do? How did they, how did they talk to you about it? Or was they, was they hands-on? What was that? What was that like? Not at first, Harvey, man, because, uh, you know, I, I would wake up with a basketball, go to sleep with a basketball. I would put a, I would put an old basketball rim in the backyard on the tree mess up the grass. My mother used to get real mad about that. She really didn't particularly care about basketball because we grew up in church. You know, I was more of a, a musician. I was in the choir. I sang. My mom and dad were in ministry for many years at a church called Miracle Faith Temple. Um, we traveled a lot. We did a lot of things, choir. We, we went to different churches and I was more, I was more so in the church than right. basketball, but I had to sneak away from the church to play basketball. Right. That means every day of the week, man, we'd be at church, you know, except for Saturday, we get a little time, we get a break in between. But um, I tell you, I, I personally, I, I grew up in, in, in some good times and some tough times at, at the same time. It doesn't make sense. It was, it was simultaneously. Right. I, I was having fun. I was I was I was raised up by my mom and my dad. They were very influential in my life as far as the spirituality of my life. But as far as sports, my dad never played basketball, and uh, he worked for General Motors. And they used to have these like you know you do those like little um, basketball outlets where the, the guys get together and play. They thought my dad was a basketball player because I played. And when right. they found out when they when they picked him to play on their team, they found out he couldn't even make a layup. <laughs> <laughs> so they were very disappointed in that aspect. But right. as right. I as I progressed and got better by my junior senior year, uh, my mom and dad started coming to the games. But one thing I can say, by the time I got to college, they were so proud of me because I was the first one in my family to right. go to college. Right. I had another cousin, Curtis McGriff who's from uh, Dalton, Alabama, where we're all from, he and I was, he and I were the first ones to go to college in my family. He won, um, uh, um, I think, if I'm not, re- he won in college at okay. University of Alabama, and he won with the New York Giants. I okay. won in the end, and I also won with the L.A. Lakers. So okay. we have a 
Yeah. So, but my mom and dad were very influential as I got older, as right. I, they went to every home game and try to go to as many uh, road games in the big 10, but you know, they weren't going to go to Michigan and right. uh, go to an Iowa in the winter time. They weren't going to do that. Yeah, <laughs> so not. Right. they got a chance to see me play and, and graduate and, and, and make some good things happen. So I was very fortunate to have them um, all my life during my career. Right. So what was it, what was it like uh, re- the recruiting uh, for you? I know you said that you were, you were pretty high <laughs> up. Man. What, what was that like? What was that meeting these coaches and going to these teams and then making that, making that tough decision to uh, be with Bob Knight? What was that like? Right. Right. Well, you know, a lot of people, some people know it, some people don't. My first choice was either Michigan State, UCLA, uh, Purdue was my first choice, actually, the Boilermakers, you know. And, um, and but, but what happened during the Indiana All-Star Games in high school, I was voted Mr. Basketball. And there was a couple of guys, there was about five or six guys on the team who felt like they should have been Mr. Basketball. And so I had to really prove myself to let them know who I was and what I could do. I eventually did that, but it was a sore a sore thumb for me because we lost both games against Kentucky. We should have won those games, but I really believe that some of the guys did not really want to play like they should have been playing so we could win the games. I, I had 19 points first game, 21 points second game, trying to be a team player. It never worked out. But the reason why I didn't go to Purdue is because one of the guys that went to Purdue signed first. Had they signed me first, I probably would have went to Purdue, but since they didn't, I told them that was the, the, the hardest decision I ever had to make was to leave and go down south to IU so right. I could play against the guys who didn't like me for four years. True right. story. But in between that time, I was one of the most sought-after sought high school kids in the nation. Okay. Magic Johnson and I ended up playing together in the uh, McDonald's All-American Classic in Landover, Maryland. I won the slam dunk contest. I got um, Eugene Banks won the MVP, but I, I always thought that I should have been the MVP, but that's a different story. But uh, Eugene Banks was pretty good, and he was a Philadelphia kid, you know, was going to Duke and all that. He was famously known on the East Coast. Had right. this had this been in the Midwest, like Indiana, I right. probably would have won that thing. But it's all good. It's all water under the bridge now. Right. But um, uh, uh, people would call my house late at night, uh, UCLA, uh, Louisville. I had a coach, assistant coach, come to my house about twelve thirty at night. He got lost, and he was he had been drinking. He was inebriated, and my mother, being a minister, and my father, being a pastor, did not like that action. Where they told him don't ever come to my house again. And when Denny Crum found out that that happened, he fired the guy who came to my. Oh, house. I'm not understanding. Why did he? Why did he? <laughs> Help me understand. What was his excuse? Did he say anything while he came over like that? He just said he got lost, but he didn't get lost drinking that bottle, drinking that that wine or whatever he had. (laughs) But, yeah, man, stories like that, I got letters and letters. And the the thing that really bothered me was that my high school coach would take a lot of my letters and he had threw them away. And I didn't know that. I was getting letters from all kind of colleges, HBCUs, right. you know, mid-majors, D1, you know, all that. I just wanted to collect all my letters and just, you know, have them for memorabilia. Right. But Absolutely. one day, 
the, the coach said, Ray, why don't you go in my office and get a whistle? I left my whistle in there. And I happened to look in the drawer, get the whistle, looked down in the trash can. I saw my name on about, see, like 13 letters. It said Ray Tobin. He had opened my letters and looked at them and threw them in the trash. Wow. And I said, Coach, why did you do that? Oh, Ray, you don't need to worry about all them. So he basically threw away all my considerations. I mean, that's that was my choice to make that. You know, you don't just go into my mail. First of all, that's against the law to go in somebody else's mail. But since he was the coach and, you know, right. he right. just did what he wanted to do, we, we had a fallout for a couple of weeks. I wouldn't always say anything to him. I couldn't believe he did that to me. But, right. you know. Water under the bridge, God rest his soul. I ain't mad at him or nothing, but right. that's just something that I would never do to my kids. And when I coach, whatever came through the mail, say, here you go, man, check it out. I'm right. proud of you. Dude, these are opportunities. These are decisions that a young person has to make. One of the most right. important decisions that any young person can make is whether they're going to go to college, what college, or they're going to go to the, the, the European League, or they're going right. to go to the – USB, whatever these these new leagues are, there's so many of them now. I right. think I, I, you might notice that the number one uh, high school player decided it's to go. Close. Yeah, he's going to and, the what? What's, what's that and, league and, called? NBD. Well, it's like the D League now, but yeah, I mean, yeah, yeah. NCAA need to get their act together, man. You know, right. <laughs> they losing well, money. You know what? But, you know what though? Uh-huh. I mean, the, the 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 good thing about this league that's coming. Mm-hmm. It's a lot of kids that can't get grades. You know what I mean? That's right. So that's going to open up. Now Now you got the kids that should have made it. They're going to have an opportunity to make it. You know what I mean? So that's Absolutely. A be a ble- it's a ble- it's going to be a blessing for a lot of kids, and they're going to make money while they're doing it. Even though I believe in education, I believe in you know making it, making it the, the way that everybody should make it, but I always believe that if a kid decides to go pro or whatever, put some type of incentive or clause in his contract where he can go back and get some education, man. You know, right. because Absolutely. there's one thing that, that man cannot take away from you. That's education. You know, right. they can take your money and take this and that, whether you stand up for, for injustice or whatever, you still have an education to fall back on. But I know a lot of these kids, I grew up in poverty and, and I can't blame these kids for getting out there and doing it, man. You know, I mean, your, your brother, you know, Al, he did that, man. He He's doing good. So I can't blame any guy for going early. There's a lot of guys that play when I played who actually, you know, avoided college and maybe played one or two years. Like Magic played two years. My plan was to play two years and go pro, but I, I couldn't do that. Well, that's another story. I'm writing a book. I'm going to tell that story later on. So yeah. you want to know more about that. Get the book. <laughs> You're a good salesman too. Uh, yes, sir. Well, I look at it like this, man. I, I look at it like this. Uh, kids mm-hmm. go to school to figure out what you want to be, right? right. Yes, so, sir. I mean, if you be a doctor, you got to go to school to be a doctor. If I want to be a plumber, I may not take this school to go there, or I may be able to take a course to get there. But but what what you're saying is 100 accurate. Is that you should always go back and you know what I mean? Always have the education because you can't take that. From, Fall but, back on something, man. You know, you know. There's, there's an old saying: if if you plan, if you if you if you, if you, plan, you plan to fail, you know. And uh, you always you always, you should always have right. a backup because, right. like you know, in any athlete, unfortunately, you're going to have some type of injury. If it's a career-ending injury, what you're going to fall back on? And so. Mm-hmm. I was very fortunate right. and blessed to be healthy enough, but I had back injuries. I had 
this and that. But the most important thing is, man, I was able to sustain and go through it. But because of the, the those nagging injuries that I had, you know, I was shipped around, shipped around. I didn't have one of those prominent contracts like Magic or Bird or guys like that, you know. But I, I, I sustained. I was smart. I put my money away. I deferred right. my money. Now I'm, I'm doing pretty good. But still, if you don't have anything to fall back on, man, if you don't plan, your life's going to be messed up because that money goes quick, bro. I'm yeah, yeah not, I mean, exactly, exactly what you're saying. Knowledge is power. I mean, yes, you, know, you, you can get into – to the NBA and start making big money and you don't know what to do with your money or you're not paying attention to what's going on and you don't have a level of education with you, then you're going to lose that money anyway because there's a lot of people out there that are going to take you for that. And that's and that's the arena that you're in. Talk yeah. about talk about IU and Bobby Knight. <laughs> True story. True story, man. We were playing, uh, it, it, I think it was a sectional game back in 77. Okay. And – Fred Schaus was the head coach at uh, Purdue at the time. Roger Blaylock, George Favor, who now owns B Windows. Um, they were at one end of the, of the of, I didn't know this until later. That they told me after the game, because I don't never worry about who's there at the game. I just want to play, right? Yeah, so right, I, right. I, I, I gave them 44 that night, right? Mm. <laughs> and so um, after the game, you know, we you know, clowning around in the showers and stuff and everything, dressed, getting dressed. And Fred Schaus came in and said, Ray, good job, man. We can't wait to get you at Purdue. I said, right on, coach. I'll see you. Because I had some good friends to this day who went to Purdue. Um, one, of my, one of my good friends to this day is Walter Jordan. Walter is a great guy, man, great character. He's doing well down in Atlanta. Um, there was Roosevelt Barnes who, who hooked up with Eugene Parker, you know, who, who signed Rod Woodson in, the, in football, you know, and um, a lot, a lot of the guys that I know, I know Arnett Hallman is a good friend. Uh, we are Facebook friends. Uh, some of the Big Ten guys from Iowa. I, I'm friends with everybody, man. Just because you know we played against each other, we competed. But my thing is make friends. You know, make friends, be friendly. The, the Bible says, in order to have friends, you must present yourself friendly, and that's what I've always tried to do. But getting back to that story, on the other end, after I talked to Fred Shouts. Here come this big figure pulling up his sleeves, walking. Everybody got real quiet. Like, Why is everybody so quiet? Right. That's Bobby Knight. Bobby Knight. I'm like, so? Right. <laughs> and, and then uh, he said, he bent over. He says, Tolbert, you're going to IU, and we're going to win a championship. See you later. And walked out. I looked at that dude like, man, I ain't going to IU. He must be out of his mind. <laughs> and believe it or not, man, because of what happened during the Indiana All-Stars, I ended up going to IU. And so I, I, I went from scoring 25 points a game to 10 points a game. So that's another story. That's also in the book. I'll tell you about that later, too. <laughs> so, but I, I must say this much, man, about Coach Knight. The man knew the game. He was more of a general uh, drill sergeant. He didn't play. Whatever he told you he was going to do, he did that. And I, I, I honestly can say he kept his word. So he says, when he says, is either my way or the highway, if you're not doing it his way, you better pack your bags and put some gas in your car because you ain't going to be there long. So, but uh, the man was, uh, he's a great coach, great mind. He was he was a he was very well prepared 
as, as far as preparing his players for the game and for life. I give him that much credit. But my game was altered when I went down there. But I dealt with it for four years. We won two Big Ten championships, an NIT championship in 79. And in 1981, we won the NCAA championship. But what yeah. a lot of people don't know is the correlation to that is when if I had it went to Purdue, play with Walter Jordan, Wayne Walls, Eugene Parker, Joe Barry Carroll, Arnett Hallman, um, Seasting, all these great players, that, the, the Walker boys, all these guys that played there, I was going to go there. And uh, my good friend Frank Kendrick, man, he was, a, he was very inspirational. I used to listen to all the Purdue games and go to their camps and stuff. Right. These guys were very influential in my life. And, and like I said, again, we're all decent friends. God rest Eugene Parker, so he was a great guy. Right. But uh, I tell you, man, life, life has what you plan to do. Sometimes God has a different plan for you. So when I went down to IU, you know, like I said, we won all these championships. But had I went to Purdue, Purdue went to the Final Four in 1980. They beat us down in Kentucky. Um, right. They them for the championship at the NIT in 1979. So had I went to school, I would have been okay. So right. I think my was all right. A lot of people still remember uh, the things I did at IU, but there was a lot of things that Coach Knight took away from me that I into that later on. But yeah, man, but I, I was very glad to be able to graduate, right. do some my life. Now, you know, I, I've coached like you have. I've coached. I'm in ministry. You know, right. I'm Try to hook up with Dream Chasers so we could make some. <laughs> After Harvey Harris, they told me to go do some things with Dream Chasers, baby. Right. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, man. Tell me what is what was it like playing with Isaiah Thomas? What was it like playing with Zeke? I know him as a coach, <laughs> and uh, from what I can say, because I love Zeke, Zeke didn't play it with his players big time. I mean. I've seen him getting some guys' faces. What was that like? Well, I, I got a couple of stories. There, there was one one player that, that that Zeke didn't mess with. That was the guy you're talking to right now. Absolutely. He tried. He tried me. I right. said, Zeke, I'm not the one, bro. I'm your teammate. I can be your best friend or your worst enemy. Right. So there was a couple of players in, in practice. He tried me. I just <laughs> <laughs> I said, don't you ever yeah, call me that again. So. Yeah. Yeah. But after that, I got much respect. But the thing about Isaiah, man, growing up in Chicago with the Vice Lords, his mom kept him out of trouble. Right. But his, his 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 older brother, Gregory, called him Gay Gay. You know, he was the leader of the Vice Lords. And that made Isaiah tough. Even though he was small, 5'11", 6 feet, 6 feet 1, right. he was tough, man. He had a mindset. He was going to go to... Uh, DePaul with Mark Aguirre, his best friend to this day, but they had some other guys there in his position. He didn't want to be coming off the bench. Isaiah was a starter. Right. And so when he came to IU, he had a great impact. Uh, the kid, he was tough. He was feisty. He, was, he wasn't scared. Knight was screaming, how he'd be like, uh, okay. <laughs> he, he and Landon had the same mentality, man. Landon said, Coach Knight would say, Landon, Turner, don't shoot that shot. Landon like, yeah, okay. You're going to shoot it again. It was more laid back. I was disciplined. I said, you know what, I'm just going to go with the flow. I'm going to make everybody else better because I had to play a role in order because sometimes you have to sacrifice your gifts for the betterment of the team and for the whole um, 
the goal is to win. And so right. I up a lot. You know, I, I was a guy that set screens. I rebounded. I, you know, passed the ball. But what a lot of people don't know is when we did our, our, our four-quarter offense, our spread offense, there wasn't a shot clock or the three-point uh, line back when I played. So Coach not me in the middle of the zone to be a ball. I, I love handling the ball because I was in high school, man. I get the rebound. I'm magic. I'm coming down, you know. But uh, but I saw some things in me that was going to help better our team as a whole. But I had to sacrifice a lot of my points and to uh, make it make it better for the team. So Isaiah, great kid, great heart. As you know, he went to Detroit and did some great things. Right. Uh, there were some games where I couldn't believe this this kid could do what he did. In the, right. even coming back his sophomore year. Uh, and his freshman year and his sophomore year after that, there was a, a quick story. We used to live in the Fountain uh, Fountain Park Apartments in Bloomington. And the day we were all getting ready to go to class. I was in my car. Landon had his car. And Isaiah had his little, his little hornet. <laughs> so before we left, this was, this was during the NCAA run. And, and Landon said, he came up to me and said, man, this is your last year, man. We're going to make sure you get it right. And Isaiah said, I don't know about you, Ray Ray, but I'm out of here. <laughs> He's ready to go, huh? And Landon, Landon had an epiphany. Landon said, well, shoot, man, y'all get ready to leave. I better get my act together. Right. And from that day on, man, Landon did get his act together. And from that day on, we never lost another game. Wow. And and unfortunately, I think it was July 25th, that same year after the, that summer, you know, Landon had that accident and it did everybody, man. Every teammate, the the whole the whole country, all of Indiana, even right. even new fans, man, they were like, dang, man. Right. You know, it, it was it was such a, a traumatic impact on my life because I was out in the pro doing the pro am and you know, getting my life together, making money. And right. when I found out that Landon had that accident. As soon as the program was over, I came straight to the hospital. I didn't go home. I didn't, I, you know, I went to the airport, went straight to the hospital where he was, man. He had this big old harness on his neck, and mm. it was tough. And uh, he, was, he was in and out of consciousness, and I grabbed his hand. I started praying. I said, Landon, wake up, man. It's Yar. He called me Yar. Ray back was Yar. Yar, what's up, Yar? And uh, he couldn't talk because he had the tracheotomy in his, in his throat and everything. All I could do, all he could do was just cry, man. You know, it made me cry. I'm like, hey, Landon, right. what happened? And then by the time he was able to finally tell me what had really happened, man, it was crazy. But one thing I can say about Landon Turner, man, he's not a quitter. Right. Of course, you're going to be depressed and, you know, you had opportunities. But Landon has made the best of his life. I'm proud of him, man. To this day, we're good friends. And uh, But life happens, bro, you know. Absolutely. But, uh, I'm 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 blessed. I'm fortunate to be in a position that I am in because I don't have to worry about anything. The only thing we got to worry about right now is COVID nineteen, and mm. I ain't trying to get it, bro. I'm Ooh. staying home. <laughs> <laughs> it makes sense, right? Yes, sir. My mama didn't raise no food. <laughs> right about that. So, man, tell me about uh about uh, getting drafted to the NBA. Did you, okay. Was that your first destination? Yeah, but that was that was uh. There's so much involved here, but let me say, let me let me give you the short version. When we played in NCAA tournament, you know, we was blowing teams out. The first team we played was Maryland. They had Buck Williams, Albert King, Ernest Graham, uh, Charles Pittman, 
uh, a guy named uh, Manny. They had some great guys. They had about seven or eight players that went pro that year, okay? Right. We beat them by, like, I think it was either 26 points or 28 points. I had mm. – I had – I think we beat him by 29, something like that. I had 26 points. Um, I had, I think I had 13 rebounds, four or five block shots. They they called me for gold 10 on two of them. Mm-hmm. And I and at that time, man, Ted Kitchen was guarding Buck Williams. I was guarding Ernest Graham because I was quicker on the outside. I I, I was I was pretty good for a center. Right. forward I, I i was very quick for my size and i could jump and all that stuff i was a good defender and so buck would come in with that jump hook i would catch it and let him be like yeah man <laughs> you know and i said i said say hey 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 ray ray landon we gonna run and so we started running man we because we never ran Knight would not let us run. It's either five passes or a layup. We had to stop, run, run the play, right? Motion offense, five passes or a layup. But right. but Knight said we gonna run during this tournament. And once we did that, Harvey man, nobody could stop us. But yeah. at, but going back to the NCAA after that, that we won it, the draft came up, mm-hmm. and of course Mark Aguirre went one, uh, Isaiah went two, mm-hmm. Buck Williams went three. And I'm thinking in my mind, you know, I'm going to be up there in that top 10 somewhere because I went to all – I was getting ready to go to all the um, the workouts and stuff. But some of the coaches at IU per- persuaded me not to go out there to Las Vegas and work out and train. Right. They said, right. why risk it? You won an NCAA championship. Right. Well, in my mind, I wanted to get a more exposure to what I could really do besides being a defender – and a passer, you know, a rebounder, I want to let them know that I could score. Right. And so a couple of all-star games came up where um, Paul Silas was coaching the, at the time, the San Diego Clippers. Mm-hmm. And he saw me play. He says, man, I didn't know you could do all that. I said, yeah. And right. so he says, I'll tell you what I'm going to do. I'm going to draft you eight. And because he didn't draft me because Rod- Donald Sterling had just bought the team and he wanted somebody else. He wanted Tom Chambers. So I was devastated, man, after I found out that I, was, I didn't get picked by them. So I ended up 18th pick to the New Jersey Nets after they had drafted Buck Williams. Albert King was fifth. Buck was third. And then I was 18th. I said, there's no way I'm going to be able to play on this team with all these, this great talent. Right. And so, you know, plus I know they had a little bit of a vendetta against me because we beat them in the NCAA tournament. Bad, you know. So I had to, but I got drafted. Larry Brown didn't really particularly care about me. Uh, I mean, he he might have thought he did, but I know he didn't because I was working my butt off, man, trying to prove that I belong in that, that upper echelon. But it never right. worked out that way. So I got traded over the, on the road, man. 18 pick in the first round. Three months into the with the New Jersey Nets, I got traded on a road trip on a bus, on mm. a bus, bro. I had to go back. We was playing in Houston. Larry Brown said, "Come here, kiddo. You just been traded." I thought I was being pranked. You know, big rookies always go through some stuff like that. I said, "Are you serious, coach?" He said, "Yep, you've been traded. Good luck, kiddo." That's the last thing he said to me was, "Good luck, kiddo." Mm. And so I ended up with I ended up with Seattle with Lenny right. Wilkins. Played there a couple years, did pretty good, having fun. But then some other trades came along. I got traded 
at, at the All-Star break. <laughs> so I tell you, man, I, I've been through some rough times. I never got a chance to really get acclimated like I wanted to. I had to keep proving myself over and over again. But I always tell people, no matter what you go through, stay with it. Don't give up. Don't quit. Trust God. Uh, trust the process. And that's what I did. So that's why I'm able to sit in my home and enjoy, even though, you know, we're quarantined, pandemic, all that stuff. I'm here because of the grace of God, bro. Honestly. Absolutely. So you you said you won with uh with the Lakers, right? Yes, sir. Um, I, I, I had went overseas. I played in Italy for a couple years in the European League. I came back. Okay. I got a chance to play with the New York Knicks. I signed a make good contract. And at the time, uh, who was it? Well, we had Patrick Ewing. There was uh, uh, Bill Cartwright, you know, playing the center position. I was playing the forward position with Kenny Walker. We had Chris McNeely, um, Gerald Wilkins, Mark Jackson, Trent Tucker. Um, I, I see so many other names over there, but one one name in particular was Pat Cummings. Pat Cummings was was a wildflower, man. <laughs> but Pat Cummings got hurt, and then after he got hurt, Bob Thornton and I was there playing. They kept Bob Thornton and let me go, and two two to three days later, I got a call from uh, Jerry West to come out. I was supposed to go out there to trial for a Chinese team. So I said, what I, what I got to lose. So I went out there. I said, well, maybe if I can show Jerry West what I can really do, maybe he might sign me. I just said that, right? So for some reason, Harvey, man, I, uh, I couldn't. I got sick that day. I must have ate something. I couldn't make a layup. I couldn't make a free throw. I couldn't get off the ground. I was sick, man. The, 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 the guys from the uh, overseas said, the Chinese lady said, nah, we, we don't think we want him. But Jerry West saw something in me, man. He saw the disappointment in my eyes. And he said, Ray, I'll tell you what. Uh, I think it was uh, Jeff Lamp had gotten hurt and, and uh, Billy Thompson was hurt. And they said, we're going to sign you uh, to a make good contract. And he said, uh, what number do you want? I said, I said, Coach, if I don't play for the Lakers, I don't care what number you give me. I'm with right. Magic, Kareem, A.C. Green, Byron Scott, Cooper, Michael Thompson, Kirk Rambis. I'm with the Lakers, man. Give me any number. And so I got with those guys, and um, it was like, I think I was there like the, uh, the first three months, the first three and a half months, and then I was happy. I was playing. We had won 12 games in a row. I was coming off the bench, man. You know me. I'm, I'm coming down hard dunking because I, I had a 39-inch vertical, man. I, I was letting let, Magic knew I could play because we played together, uh, you know, like we said in, in high school at the McDonald's All-American. Magic knew I could play. Right. So uh, I was very fortunate to be with Showtime. But unfortunately, when, uh, when Billy Thompson came back and Jeff Lemp came back, they had to let somebody go. At the same time, man, uh, Michael Cooper went down with a bad uh, um, ankle injury, and so they had to make room for all that to happen, so they had to let me go. And I ended up with the Atlanta Hawks. But there was only two people that voted me on for that championship that year. It was Magic Johnson, and it was uh, the logo, Jerry West. Those two voted me on to get my ring and a percentage of my money. 
I never forgot that. And I wow. said, Lord, whatever you do for magic, make sure he, he lives a, his best life for being such a, a good heart, you know, yeah. and helping a guy like me out. And I never forgot that, man. So whatever magic does, I'm happy for him. Seriously. And Jerry was. Absolutely. Absolutely. So I, man, I, went, I went long, man, but I want you to see the story that, that's going to be in my book. We're gonna build that up. We're gonna make it a bestseller. Yes, sir. Yeah, man. So, so what are you doing now, man? Well, um, you know, I was coaching, but I'm I'm like you, uh, Harvey, man. I want to train. I'm I'm in the training. I have my own website called TorbertBasketball.com, and I want to uh, remodify that because of the the way things are now because of the pandemic. Uh, I'm not, you know, doing anything financially right now and uh it's been tough but I, I was working for indiana virtual online school but that shut down last august and i haven't been employed since then but god is good bro but i, I want to get back into training i want to work with dream chasers or whoever i can work with to make some things happen that's what i want to do because uh i'm still bench pressing 275 bro i mean come on now <laughs> <laughs> I want to let these young boys know. It, a lot of times when you try to tell young people how to do it, sometimes you got to get out there and show them how to do it. And I'm still right. able to do that. I'm blessed. And even at my age, I, I, I tease a lot of people. I think it was a friend of mine, Josh Gilbert. He has a son, Ziggy, who's going to be going pro pretty soon. And uh, Tony Cole, who works for, uh, I think it's Elite Basketball Elite, he always talks about, yeah, man, Ray Tober can still dunk. They say, Ray, can you still dunk? I said, yeah, but not like I used to. <laughs> I still put it over the rim, man, but it's, it's a struggle. But uh, God is still good, man. I'm blessed. I'm, I'm, I want to get back into coaching somewhere. I, I would prefer either a high school level or a college level. If I can get to the pros with Mike Woodson and those guys, I, I would be blessed to do that. But whatever the Lord has in store for me, man, I just want to do that. But right now, I'm into ministry. Right. I help out in Anderson uh, because of the pandemic. Nobody's been in church about two or three months, and it's been right. tough. But it's tough on everybody, man. But the good Lord has us all in his hands, and he's still in control, and I'm just going to wait on him. So, But as, as far as what I'm doing right now, I'm just downstairs playing my music, man. I play bass guitar, like you heard earlier, keyboard. Yeah. My, my daughter plays bass guitar. She sings. She plays keyboards. We just try to keep our – hold on our skills until church opens up again. So we want to be ready for that. So that's what we do. Absolutely. Last question, man. Yeah, man. If you had, if you had any type of inspiration for any young kids that's watching, mm. uh, you know, high school, college, uh, maybe a young kid that aspires to be a high school, college or NBA player, what piece of advice would you give them? First thing I would tell them is this trust God, you know, live a good life, stay away from drugs, stay away from alcohol do the right thing, get your right. education, right. never give up on your dream, never give up on, on your passion. You know, right. you might have to go a different route like I did, but I never gave up. The most important thing is, man, never give up on yourself because if you give up on yourself, you give up on a lot of people potentially in your life. The, uh, Miles Monroe once said, the, the, richest place in the, the richest place on earth is at the graveyard. I said, graveyard? He says, yeah, because a lot of ideas have been wasted. A lot of a lot of passion has been given. A lot of people quit. They're, lit, they're in the graveyard right now. 
because right. they gave up on their dreams, like dream chasers. You never give up, man. Never give up on your dreams, your inspiration, your hope. Even though if it's, it's a financial challenge, if it's a physical challenge, whatever it is, man, believe in yourself. And I guarantee you, you go, it'll work out for the, for the better. For whatever you're trying to do in life, never give up. So that would be my best advice to young people. Stay away from peer pressure. Stay away from promiscuity. Stay in God's word. That's what I tell kids. Be inspirational. Be motivational. But the most important thing, man, is don't quit. Don't throw in the towel. You might get knocked down, but you got to get back up. Right. Appreciate you, Ray. Man, thanks for coming on. All right. Dream chases. We coming. <laughs> All right, bro. Man.